And welcome into the G.I. Jake Show live right here on Fan Run Radio in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Yes, we are still under protest if you were if you were still wondering. Jake Miller, alongside Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, intern Jack, what a night we had. What a night we had on the betting tracker. Better yet, what a night intern Jack had. Going five and zero. Yes, sir. Brett, you went three and two. Yeah, had a good night. I played his own defense. I had a one three one with a push. Marcus, how did we do? Good question. I know Kansas <laughs> didn't do well, uh, which I thought was funny. Apparently, that's what I, it, any team that's above Tennessee right now in the rankings. I just need to bet on them because that will help us get higher in the rankings. Uh, Hey, you know, three for eight. Although I did see the 76ers won, which was something I was jokingly considering. I kind of yeah, regret that now. I can't believe that. I was kind of regret not doing that. Uh, yeah, Kansas lost bad, man. Uh, they lost bad. That was embarrassing. That was that was wild. They literally had a dude, Darian Williams, 30 and 11. Yeah. That's uh, nuts. Denver wasn't able to take down Milwaukee. I thought that was a bit odd. They didn't have a good third quarter at all. It was 31-19 in the third quarter. I think Murray got hurt, too, Jamal Murray. Yeah. I, Milwaukee's a weird team for me. I, you know, They're still going to get some quality wins, but they're just... They lose bad sometimes, too. Yeah. Well, that thing so, is like, when they lose, like they're bad losses. It happens in the NBA, though. It does. Just, but, I mean, you got to look at what else happened last night. I mean... You know, the Pacers getting absolutely shellacked by Charlotte. Who saw that coming? Grant went off. Yeah. Well, for him, I guess. Yeah, good good for him. <laughs> yeah, good for Grant. Good for Grant. Bad for my bad for my bets. <laughs> but the only other top ten action last night was Duke hosting Wake Forest. They opened as a seven and a half point favorite. They covered by half a point. Duke won that game seventy seven to sixty nine. Tonight's slate of college basketball. Yeah, Marquette going to Butler. And in Butler, they just still seem like one of those teams. It's like you knew they made it two straight Final Fours. So that's the Butler that you have in your head. This is not that Butler team. You know, Brad Stevens ain't walking through that door. Uh, North Carolina travels up to Syracuse. Iowa State goes to Cincinnati. Michigan goes to Illinois. Illinois, a big favorite in that one. Duquesne goes to Dayton. Pittsburgh goes to Virginia. Illinois State goes to number 23, Indiana State. Terre Haute, the Holman Center, the house that Larry Bird built. Georgetown goes to Creighton. Oklahoma and Baylor, that's going to be probably the matchup of the night. UCF-BYU, Ohio State-Wisconsin. Ole Miss travels to Kentucky, in which Kentucky's only an 8.5-point favorite. Can Kentucky... This is the question of the day here. Can Kentucky in this home losing streak they've had? This is the worst. I mean, this is the worst thing that the Kentucky fan could ask for. Three straight home losses. This is the first time that it, that has ever happened in the history of Rupp Arena. I wanted to get into this a little bit yesterday, but we were too, uh, too busy arguing about Patrick Mahomes and Michael Jordan. But Kentucky, three straight home losses. If they get a fourth straight home loss, what's the reaction going to be from Rupp Arena? Because right now, I look at this, and I see a fan base that was already 
on the fence with Cal. Coach Calipari, as we've mentioned, he has probably done less with more than any other coach in the SEC. And we talk about Rick Barnes all the time. You know, maybe he can't get it done in March. You know, we're going to have a good regular season, but he's going to flame out in March. But you got to think about the talent difference between a Rick Barnes team and a John Calipari team. Everyone in here can agree that year in and year out, Kentucky's got one of the top three rosters in the country. Everybody agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's seven All-Stars from Kentucky in the All-Star game. My point proven. He only has one national championship out of that. Does that just prove how hard it is to actually win one, though? It might prove how hard it is to actually win I'd one. I'd like to see you go back and see who they lost. But to, the thing is, with know? all that talent, you should consistently be a top-five basketball team, and they're not, but which, the, which yeah. is the bigger point. Yeah. It's like, you got a bunch of guys up there. you got a bunch of talent, but there is such a thing as too much talent. That's something that Cal, you know, at first it benefited him, but now, the more we evolve with basketball and with NIL, the transfer portal, what is the one thing that we have now more than we've ever had? we got a bunch of egos, right? That's Kentucky. Their biggest problem is they have a bunch of egos on the team. And you got one kid up there that actually cares about making that team great, and that's Reed Shepard. But Kentucky, eight-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. Can they get it done against Ole Miss? Let's go around the room. Brett, how are you? Good, buddy. Uh, just answer. I mean, I I think they beat Ole Miss. I mean, you look, I mean, their three home losses aren't like the worst home losses in the world. I mean, you lose to a top five Tennessee team. You lose to a Gonzaga team with a lot of talent, well coached. I mean, maybe Florida is a little bit of a surprise, but uh, yeah, I mean, you don't expect them to lose these games, especially with the like you said, the talent that they have. But Ole Miss isn't very good on the road. Um, I mean, got got some talented guys, that's for sure. And the way that Kentucky doesn't play defense, maybe you give them a shot. That eight and a half seems like a big number, I think is what you said. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to be – should be fun to watch, that's for sure. But you see tickets as low as $15. It seems kind of low for, for a, a Rupp Arena Rupp, game. Rupp Arena game. That's, maybe it's a 9 o'clock tip. But. Well, that's the big thing is the fact that you've got mm-hmm. Kentucky Rupp Arena, $15 tickets. $15 to get into Rupp Arena. I mean, part of it's the opponent. I mean, obviously Ole Miss, but, you know. But, yeah, you just don't expect that. You don't expect that at all. Like I can't tell you the last time that I saw a ticket at Rupp Arena going for that cheap. Mm-hmm. Like That is dirt, dirt, dirt cheap. So what, what do you make of that? Just the, the product, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean – the time. I mean, nine o'clock's late. You you said that's even late, you know. But to get out and on a Tuesday night, nine o'clock. Oh yeah. Team's not playing well. I mean, ESPN game. You sit at home, watch it. I guess you know they gotta be up the coal mines early, right? Uh, they're they're gonna be cold in the morning. That's all I'm gonna. It's <laughs> all I'm gonna say about that. Now, Marcus. Hello. How are you? <laughs> what? It's like you had three uh, questions yeah, I, going I, in. I know. I was, I was wondering where this is going. I'm okay. okay. Uh, to answer your initial question uh, to Brad about, I, I think they beat Old Miss. Um, we need them to beat Old Miss, honestly, because the more that they lose at home, the less impressive us beating them the way we did gets. So, you know, we need. 
Wisconsin and Kentucky to stop free falling because Wisconsin has been doing it too. Um, we need our quality wins to seem more impressive still because the the way that the committee likes to do things, man, it it's just going to make things harder for us if we don't have these quality wins that we felt like we had for a while mean something. And, you know, you lose to Rutgers. Wisconsin lost to Rutgers 78-56. to Yeah, they've lost four in a row, I think, Wisconsin. Scarlet Knights are 13-10. and Like, mm. they've lost – yeah, they've lost four in a row. So, you know, we we need these teams that we had quality wins against to, to get back on the horse and do what they're doing because um, it's important for us. I want Kentucky to lose. I love seeing them lose. But at the same time, it's like, hey, help us out, buddy. We also need to help ourselves out tomorrow. Yeah, that's well, that would also be thing. very important. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't really worry about what other teams are doing. No, know? but you know, but I agree with what you're saying. It helps your keep you at, on that two seed line, even if you're struggling. If the other teams you lost to are winning, so I mean, Kansas and Wisconsin and some of these teams you played are struggling. I mean, Carolina's coming. I think Carolina. Well, no, Carolina won this weekend, but um, but yeah, I mean. I agree. And thing is, like Tennessee, Arkansas, that's obviously a big game for us tomorrow. That's not even the biggest game. You got a really a huge one as far as SEC regular season championship races go. South Carolina and Auburn do battle tomorrow at eight thirty on the SEC network. All your top twenty five games are started eight thirty or later. We're not playing until nine o'clock. I'm sick of these tip offs. Tomorrow we play at nine. Yes. Oh, well, it's yeah. It's also Central Time down there, but I don't care. You're going to be busy anyway. I, I know, but still, so are you. <laughs> Actually, our plans are Friday now. but Well, bully for you. I'm happy for you. I don't know what to say about that. Man, alive. So, looking at this Tennessee team right now, the schedule coming up. This week, we can all agree we got a fairly easy slate. You got Arkansas. Yes, it's on the road. We struggle against teams that wear red, but Arkansas's down bad. Especially with everything they got going on in that locker room. I still – it's on the road. We just saw what we did on the road. And, I mean, it's Arkansas. Like, at A&M, I mean, there's talent there. There's talent there. And they beat Duke at home. I think they've beaten a couple other teams maybe. But it's just go, the fact it's going to be 8 o'clock at night, road game. I, I Part of me is worried about Ziegler and Connect wearing down a little bit, too. Another road I mean, game. Ziegler played He's coming 40 off 40 minutes. minutes for some reason and then a 20-point blowout. Mm-hmm. You know, spare him a little bit, you know. So, And you know Barnes. Barnes' mentality is like coming off a bad game. He's probably ran him a couple couple little sprints, too. You know, he's probably well, not, sure. he's not keeping sure. him off their legs, you know. So I'm I'm definitely not, pin, I'm not putting it in pin tomorrow night. I will say, um, Arkansas is giving up more points than they are scoring per game. So, it if you're going to win a game, this feels like one you should probably take care of. Yeah. Since starting SEC play, Tennessee is 2-3 and three against teams that wear a shade of red. <laughs> we are currently 0-3. Excuse me. 0-2 on the road against teams that wear red. Or a shade of red. Mississippi State the, and Texas A and M. Mm-hmm. Can Tennessee beat a red team on the road? 
That's and that's <laughs> been a thing since. I mean, I remember the first year that Bruce Pearl was here, and I think we actually went out to Arkansas. That was the year that they were doing all the throwback uniforms. So Arkansas had their throwbacks, Florida had theirs. Really cool concept by the SEC, and we just go out to Arkansas. And that just seemed like a team that we should have just absolutely shellacked, and we did not. Mm-hmm. We did not do anything out at Arkansas that year. But, of course, you got Vanderbilt this weekend. That'll be a somewhat easier one. Yeah, one we, would think. Yeah, One would think. We're not even going to talk about what happened last year. That was on the road anyway. But after that, you got Missouri, which should be an easy one. I don't care if it is on the road at Missouri. Missouri's just awful. They're not any good. They're going to have to rebuild that entire roster. Going into next eleven season. in the SEC. Yeah, they're they're awful. Like they are bad, bad. Crazy. And then you got your five game gauntlet to end the year, and what I thought was just a four game gauntlet at one point, it's now turned into a five game. Three on, or excuse me, three at home, two on the road. Texas A and M, Auburn at home, at Alabama, at South Carolina, and then close out the season at home against Kentucky. That is four ranked teams to end the season in which those four games are probably going to decide who wins the sec like that four game stretch is going to decide who wins the sec regular season Mm -hmm. so then we're going to talk in the next segment about what means more to you is it the regular season is it the sec tournament what do you want to see most out of this team stay with us the gi jake show marches on right here on fan run radio Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. eBay Motors here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights. Spoiler... Back here on the G.I. Jake Show, right here on Fan Run Radio. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. What do you want to expect out of Tennessee basketball here in just a moment? But right now, um, it looks like with the Tennessee-Virginia versus the NCAA court case, of course, both sides you know, went to Greenville Day at the federal courthouse to have their preliminary hearing. Well, that has now happened, and right now we are waiting for a judge to rule on injunction and according to Trey Wallace, could happen at any certain time. Apparently, the NCAA really fumbled the bag in their response to the federal judge. 
With all this happening, I have a really hard time believing that the NCAA is going to be able to do anything in this situation. Like I really have a hard time believing the NCAA is going to win anything because every time they go into any courtroom, whether that be at the state level, the federal level, you could even do it in the city of La Follette or Jacksboro, the Campbell County Courthouse. You could do it there. They're going to lose. When you look at everything that's happening with this case, what they're trying to do, retroactively punish Nico, retroactively punish people from Florida State. I'm sure Miami's involved. Now we've got Alabama tampering. That's another deal in and of itself. But all these NIL deals, that's what it's all about. They're mad that the players can make money. That's all this is about. The NCAA has no leg to stand on here. They're going to lose this case like they always do. Because like I've said before, if you can get all nine members of the Supreme Court to agree on something, you must be doing something very, very bad. You must be really, really bad at what you do. The last place the NCAA wants to be is in court. And, of course, this didn't just happen overnight. I mean, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, you know, we got wind of it back in like October or November on overtime that it was going to happen. But we didn't think anything of it because we didn't think it'd be this big of a deal. And now you got idiots out there like Pat Forty who are trying to push the agenda that the NCAA's right. But then you look back at some of his tweets in the past. Pat Forty is just going to target whoever he thinks is an easy, easy target to get him more clicks. See, the one thing about Pat Forty is he doesn't block many people. Dan Walken's an idiot because he blocks people, and what he doesn't realize is he'd get interaction out of Tennessee fans that would increase his impressions. But he's so stupid that he doesn't realize that he would benefit himself by not blocking people. That's how much of an idiot that guy is. I don't necessarily block people. People want to come at me, they can come at me however they want. But when you look at this case, Brett, I, I, Marcus, Jack, everybody feel free to chime in. I, there's no way the NCAA has any leg to stand on, especially if they fumbled the bag in their response. Weren't you surprised they won what, last week's thing, the uh, TRO? No, I wasn't surprised about that. I mean, I wasn't, I guess, overly shocked, I guess I should yeah. say. But I was like, oh, okay, they they didn't grant it. Well, if it's true that they fumbled the bag, they, they're obviously feeling the pressure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we didn't even mention last week. I mean, Heupel got, is now involved. He came out with uh, yeah. some stuff, and we hired that big-time attorney uh, that oversees saw some big cases. Uh, no, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be huge. I mean, uh, especially if Tennessee were to – well, when Tennessee does win this, and it's uh, like – a couple articles said it's really going to open up the floodgates for other states, other schools, things of that nature as far as NIL goes. Um, it, I mean, it's it's sad to see the NCAA come to this. And, uh, oh, it's not sad to it, see. And it's uh, – well, I mean, that's what we've grown up on and, and we've dealt with our whole lives since we've been watching sports. We've only known NCAA, but uh, obviously they've really messed up through the, these last few years especially and uh, – you know, uh, you know. I hope the judge does the right thing today. That's all. All you can say. I mean, it's just I don't care about yeah. the NCAA. Mm-hmm. I do not care about anybody on that board. I don't care about any other governing members. I don't care about anybody in that office except for the janitors because they're probably the only ones at this point <laughs> that have nothing to do with it. It's a scumbag organization 
with a bunch of slime balls running it. It's nothing but a swamp. Mm-hmm. And it's time to drain it. Marcus, your thoughts? I mean, the NCAA, I've, I've pretty much had my thoughts on how I feel about them. I think they are a floundering... Um, you think they're drowning? The, what they are right now is they are a fish that felt free in the sea until they got caught. And now they are just floundering around on the deck of a ship, not knowing what's about to happen, struggling for breath. Because they've realized that now with NIL and now with the way that teams are really making a lot more choices that uh, pretty much say, hey, NCAA, I don't care what you think. They realize that their power has been slipping away. And here in the next probably year, two years, they're going to be completely irrelevant. Um, And we're probably going to instead have a, a council of athletic directors i thought you were about to say a council of elders i'm like okay <laughs> well in a way but like a council of like athletic directors or school presidents who will be more of the leading face of whatever college sports is going to become um maybe they alternate and they have different people like what they do for the playoff committee maybe mm-hmm. they have something similar where they alternate people from different conferences to be in charge each year or each couple of years to to try to help guide other schools and everything. Because to me, the NCAA is just is just going to be non-existent soon. So I I think they have yeah completely fallen apart and they are not the same that they used to be. Obviously, and I'm going to say one thing on this too before we get to Jack. Um, one of the things I really want to see. If we do have a new governing body, can we get guys that have played the game and understand what it's like to play the game to help on the rules committee? You take a hit like um, take Brian Randolph's hit against South Carolina in 2015, for example. Everybody remember that hit? Yes. In which he got called for targeting and ejected. Yep. What was he supposed to do on that play? What was he supposed to do? It's like you see a lot of these targeting calls. They're tackling how they're taught to tackle. What are they supposed to do? Do they hurt themselves? Yeah, you run the risk of hurting your opponent, but guess what? They're the ones that put themselves in that position to begin with. Because I'm a firm believer there are offensive players out there that intentionally look for targeting calls. If it's a situation in which the player has nothing they can do about the situation, it shouldn't be targeting. Now, if you got someone, like, it's obvious, like, there was malice intent, that's one deal. But if there's not malice intent, just wave it off. You also have to, like, you, you have to, like you said, because there are definitely some offensive players who I don't know if they're specifically looking for it, but they're definitely leaning in with their own head. And you got you got to be able to look at that and kind of go, was this because the defensive player was doing it? Or was it something that the offensive player did to move into it? There's a lot more aspects that that have to go into it rather than just... Look at Jalen reeves Maven against Appalachian State in 2016 is yeah. another one that comes to mind. That one was absolutely stupid. Jack, your thoughts on the NCAA? Yeah, um, it's clear they're just grasping at straws, and um, I just kind of want it to be done with. It's boring to talk about, and just I just want to get it done. It's 
it's clear that we're gonna win and we got nothing to worry about. But we're gonna win. It's just it's just annoying to to think about. And yeah, Jack is done with it. Jack is absolutely done with it. All this lawyer speak, I can't. You don't like lawyer speak? I mean, I can get into some law and order at times, but other than that, I don't know. Follow a bit of bird law. Yeah. Bird law? Anyone? Anyone? No? I don't even know what you're Bueller, talking about. Bueller? Yeah, you definitely don't know. Well, um, is that from a movie or? It's from uh, Always Sunny. What's that? A TV show. Philadelphia Always Sunny. Boy, boy. Never seen it. He doesn't watch pop culture things. He, he, I don't even think he's seen old movies. Have you, have you seen a movie? Yes, I've seen a movie. Talladega Nights. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I've seen Talladega Nights. Okay. And I'm excited because we have the Daytona 500 coming up this weekend. That's going to be one of my bets that I make on Friday. Who will Ooh. win the Daytona 500? The thing is, if you all don't know this, this is going to be a fun one for us on Friday. I want everyone to try to at least make one NASCAR bet. Okay. Oh boy. Well, here's the thing with Daytona. You can almost strategically plan out who's going to win at tracks like Atlanta or Bristol or Martinsville, Texas, Charlotte. Like those are mile and a half tracks. That's all these, you know, teams usually run, right? Well, Daytona, it's two and a half mile super speedway, and with your full throttle the entire way, it's all about who has the best draft. I had Harrison Burton last year at plus eight thousand odds. On a $25 free bet, <laughs> that would have paid out, I think, right at two grand. And I was sweating. <laughs> I was sweating. Like he could be riding 30th and, like, what, like a second off the lead or less? You yeah. know, like, it's crazy. Like, when Trevor Bain won, like, I remember that because he's just an Oxel guy, right? Like, yeah, and he wasn't even a full time driver. He was right. racing and he, for the. He won, right? He did. He won uh, in the 21 Wood Brothers car. Yeah. So I mean, and, and that's, he was—I can't imagine his odds <laughs> if uh, he even had any. <laughs> I mean, that's thing is like part-time drivers. I mean, usually they'll put some on there. Like there's a couple of guys that are racing in this. Um, I'll have to look at the odds, you know, once we get closer to time. Mm-hmm. But think about Daytona. It's like anybody can win it. It's if like I told Caldega, you, right? Can anyone I tell mean, me what Justin Haley looks like? No. Nope. My <laughs> name's familiar. What? He's ne- like I would have guessed like he's a football player or something. <laughs> no, he's won at Daytona. Michael McDowell. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Waltrip, right? He's always good at like uh, not uh, not Daryl, but his brother Michael. He's so retired. He's, yeah, but he was always like not great on other he tracks. Won, he, he won two Daytona 500s. Well, yeah, but I'm saying he wasn't good at other tracks, was he? He was always there he was on mediocre like at yeah. Best. Poor Mikey, but I mean, there's guys. Well, that- and look though. Arguably the greatest driver ever. Earnhardt only won one, right? Am I wrong? It took him 20 tries. Yeah, you always say that. Yeah. But that was his only one, right? That was his only one. I mean, and the thing is... And Junior won, like, his... The next race after he passed, but, like, he wasn't... Won, he won the Pepsi had, 400. Wasn't they, that his first time there or something? Or No, that was um that was the first time back after Dale Sr. had passed. Yeah. Now, Dale Jr. ended up winning the Daytona 500 a couple of times, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean... You got a guy this year in Kyle Busch, and everyone's like, well, we need another Dale Earnhardt. Well, you got it, and you hate him. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And he's never won it. This is his 20th Daytona 500. Yeah, right now it says Hamlin and Kyle Busch are 10-1 co-favorites. Denny Hamlin's won it a few times. Then Ryan Blaney, 
Keselowski, Logano, and Elliott are the next ones. I hate Joey Logano. <laughs> that guy has the most punchable face in all of sports. <laughs> the list goes at three, Greg Schiano. Number two, Butch Jones. Number one, Joey Logano. <laughs> That's how I feel about him. Marcus, you watching the Daytona 500? I know. No, I'm not a race car guy. Speaking, man. speaking of like punching, it's kind of on the same lines. Did you see uh, Rick Barnes' comments about Buzz Williams and what he told his players to do next time a coach is on the court? Oh yeah, I was going to get into that oh in the gosh. next segment. <laughs> I thought he was going to say you, Marcus. I thought Brett was going to say you had a punchable I... face. Excuse me, Brett. Oh boy, <laughs> no, never Cue the music. No, <laughs> no, 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 not. Yet. What did you say, Brett? I'm <laughs> no, I yeah, I mean, look, who has list your top three. Your most punchable faces in all of sports. All of sports? Right yes. now or ever? Or Draymond's got to be up there. I'm pretty. He's up there. Punchable face? Grayson though. Allen. Put Grayson Allen up there, man. <laughs> He's so Reddick. <laughs> Marshall Henderson, remember him? Gosh, yeah. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. I'll take coaches. that back. Colin Kaepernick's still number one. We're going to bump I'm Greg Ciano down. Butch Jones, Joe Logano, Colin Kaepernick. Trying to think of coaches in particular that Dooley. I love Derek Dooley. <laughs> Did he really? I, I love Derek Dooley. <laughs> like, that thing is like a lot of people don't he like didn't him. He an offensive lineman. That's a, just an excuse. That entire <laughs> offensive line he had in 2012 went pro. Oh, I know, but the, we didn't have anything after that. After those guys left. Well, that's Butch Jones's fault. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're supposed to recruit while you're still coaching. So. What was he doing on bye weeks on Friday nights? I don't care. He had them orange pants on. He looked damn good in them, too. Damn chair. <laughs> <laughs> the stool. The stool of death. Marcus, who's another punchable face? I'm, I'm going through the NFL coaches right now because those are that's what I'm really wanting to think bear? about. No, I would never punch a bear. I would. I would just, you know, want him to. You don't want to punch somebody that's going to punch you back, do you? Well, I'm just swinging. You're tempting the fates, man. You're tempting the fates. You throw I, Urban Meyer on the list? I would, yeah, definitely Urban Meyer for sure. Shane Beamer. Uh, How can we forget that? Shane Beamer, Eli Drinkowitz. I would punch him. Um, what? <laughs> I would throw in. If we're looking at NFL, I think Dennis Allen has a punchable face too. I don't have anything against him. You just you look at him. You're like, I just want to punch you. Um, I'd throw Chris Bosh. Robert Sala would be one I'd punch. Oh, I would never cross, uh, punch Chris Bosch. No. Have you ever seen what George Murazon looks like? No. Everyone look up George Murazon. Was he like 7'6"? Yeah. Good Lord. I'd stand up on a chair and punch him. Y'all see women y'all had 10 blocks? Yeah, he had a triple-double, and one of the triple digits, Come on, or double digits, was uh, blocks. Rookie of the year, wrapped up. Yeah, nobody's even... I, don't even I mean, know Chet's that. great. I think he'll be a phenomenal player, nah, too. He got a red shirt. Good Lord. That's another thing I hate is the red shirt. Put Chet in the list of punchable faces. <laughs> Matter of fact, Jack, you have a project. <laughs> you're going to get on your, your iPhone. You're going to go to your notes, mm-hmm. and you're going to make a list of punchable faces. Every time someone makes a reference to a punchable face, right. it goes on the list. Done. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to flash that dazzling smile? Well, look no further than Knoxville Smiles. 
our experienced team is here to give you the care and attention you deserve. From routine checkups and cleanings to advanced cosmetic treatments, we've got you covered. Say goodbye to dental worries and hello to a confident, radiant smile. Don't wait any longer. Schedule your appointment today and unlock the power of your smile. Call 865-539-1776 to schedule your appointment today or just visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com. When it's past high noon, it's time for a vodka soda made with a vodka you've actually heard of. I'm talking White Claw vodka soda made with White Claw premium vodka. J.B. Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. And you can too. Pick you up a bottle of the triple wave filtered vodka that's been distilled five times. White Claw Premium Vodka comes in four flavors. Black cherry, mango, pineapple, and just vodka. You haven't had vodka like this. No one has. White Claw Premium Vodka. Please drink responsibly. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz. A compact SUV that's full of... Final segment, hour number one. It's the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Let's go to the phones. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop on. Mm. Got the hiccups. Joshy Boy is up first. What do you say, Joshy? What up, guys? Hey. Jake, uh, I just got one word for you. Or more than one word. How about those teeth? Damn right. That's four words. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, he could have just I, said Mahomes. I hammered the Chiefs. Did you? Yes. Did you drop the hammer on the Chiefs bet? Yes, I did. Yeah, you know what really makes me mad, Joshy boy? I had a correct score bet. 24 to 21 Chiefs. How do you think I feel? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, think about how defeated I feel right now how disgusted i feel at the world did you at least take them on the money line yes good so i made a look i made of all the bets that i made this past sunday i didn't lose money but i really wouldn't say that i made any money i profited 88 cents from the super bowl this weekend i got a question so uh I know some of those uh, offshore boats offer, like, the Gatorade props, the National Anthem props, and this and that. Why do you think uh, those recreational books don't offer that? Oh, you mean the legal ones? The ones that we're allowed to do? Yeah. Well, Josh, I mean, here's the thing is a lot of those, like, have you ever tried to use one of those offshore books? No. Well, they're... I know somebody that did, and instead of giving him a direct deposit, they wrote him a check. Oh. He said he was sweating walking into the bank to deposit that check, and he's not used that site since. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, that, that's the thing, man, like with all these, um, with all the sports books that we have that we can legally use here in the state of Tennessee, it's... I mean, it's a lot better yeah. j- just because it's so easy to deposit money and get that money out. Now, there are a couple out there that I have used. Uh, it seems like it's impossible to get your money out. I mean, that's why I stick with right. you know, one of the big four or five, I guess, that we have 
So I just stick with those, and I don't try to even touch the offshore sites. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. So what do you think about Kentucky going up against Ole Miss tonight? Do you think uh, they win easily in Rupp, or do you think it's a close game? Man, I don't, I don't know what to think about that team right now. I, this is the first time in anybody's lifetime that is living right now that Kentucky has lost three straight home games at Rupp. Yeah. You got to give Ole Miss a fighting chance. If, it, if they if they can do anything well, it's kind of score. And what Kentucky's weakness is defense. So you got to like somewhat to be close, I would think. Um, they didn't play Saturday either, so they've had a whole week didn't. break. Yeah. Um, so they should be rested up. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Wow. Jake, uh, what do you think about our game tomorrow? Do you think we uh, go down there and win, or do you think it's a really close game and it could be another loss? I think that we should go out there and win. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, man. When you look at Arkansas right now, they're not good. You know, They're going to have to figure out something. They're going to have to get that locker room situation figured out. You know, at the end of the season, whether you tell them guys, it's like, listen, you know, look at all the drama that you caused in this locker room. Uh, you're going to have to transfer out of here because we don't have a scholarship for you next year. Because when everyone looks at the scholarship, they're like, okay, well, they're guaranteeing that he's going to play there for four years. And the thing is, a scholarship is a year-to-year thing. You can lose that scholarship at any point. They can stop paying for your classes at any point. Now, they obviously have tried to hide it up to this yeah. point. But at the end of the year, I'm looking at those guys saying, hey, listen, I don't have a spot for you. You're going to have to enter the portal. That's exactly what I would tell them. Right. So, uh, I know we don't have a bracket in front of us yet, but some people are already saying after Saturday's loss, they're saying that we could lose in the round of 32. What do you think, even though we don't have a bracket in front of us right now? Well, I mean, here's the thing, man, is like everything about March Madness, it's it's a mess. I mean, let's call that like it is. It's a mess. You don't know what's going to happen from game to game. I didn't think that some of the upsets that I picked last year would have happened. Yeah. I, did, I did not expect for Fairleigh Dickinson to beat Purdue. I did not expect for Princeton to beat Arizona. Now, I kind of thought that Furman could beat Virginia because Furman's just one of those teams they shoot the ball well, and I thought they might have a chance to go out and actually do something, and they did. But, I mean, right. you never know in that tournament. It's a single elimination tournament in which if you make it past that first round, you have one day to prepare for your next game. I mean, it's basically like AAU ball all over again. Now, granted, in AAU, a lot of the times, you know, back in the day when I played, you didn't have anything to go off of. You literally just went out, you ran your offense, you ran your defense. And the thing is, Joshy, it's not about what you do in the NCAA tournament. It's about how you do it. True. My my biggest thing with Saturday was you didn't even show up. And if you don't show up in March, you're going to go home early. Exactly. It's not about what you do. It's how you do it. No, you might get away yeah. with it in the first round coming out the way we did it, depending on what seeds you are and who you're playing against. But so a lot of these teams in those first two days, they have nothing to lose. And that's, that's why ups, that's why upsets happen. If you're a heavy favorite, I mean, gosh, you, you have a bad day shooting. If you don't show, If you don't show up defensively and offensively the way we did on Saturday, then – I mean, you never know. Some of these small schools just have a guy, like one guy that can go get 30 or 40 in a night and or a big man that's kind of our kryptonite as well. And like I said, you go you go home early. Purdue didn't show up last year. They went home early. And, you know, and our track work 
record in March is not good. <laughs> so, it never uh, has yeah. been good. you mean, know, so like it, is. it never has been good. I mean, that's what I was most disappointed in is the effort wasn't there. Um, as we get closer to March, I'm worried about the minutes Ziegler's putting on his legs because you need him <laughs> in March just as much as you need him here now. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you know, you, I just hope we have a good showing tomorrow night. I am a little worried. It is on the I road. Agree. And, um, I know Arkansas is struggling, but so was A&M. And, you yeah. know, a, a team got hot, got confident and, and we got a, we got a target on our back. We're a top 10 team. You know, everybody, you're going to get, every, you're yeah. going to get everybody's best. Yeah. I mean, Marcus, what you got, man? I was just going to say, I mean, the main thing that people, like when you hear people say that we're going to lose in the round of 32, I mean, that's just people who are being emotional towards the losses that we have. And it's fair to be disappointed by the losses that we had. But like you said, we don't have a bracket in front of us. We don't know who we're playing. We, we can't, you, you can't guarantee anything as, you know, our good friend Roger once said, you don't know that. So, you don't know that, that ball. Yeah. Well, technically that ball is round, but the, I mean. well, yeah, that, that ball is round. But so you, it's it's hard to say, honestly. And is it possible? Sure, but it's easier to make that kind of assessment once we kind of see what the bracket looks like in front of us. Right now, I think we're all just very disappointed and feeling frustrated because that was a game we should have won. Um, and it was, and even if we didn't win it, it should have been a game that we should put more effort into and put a lot more of what we've seen out of Tennessee basketball. And that was the, probably the most uncharacteristic game that we've played all year. And hopefully it won't be another one that we see. So, um, I, I think this team is still going to be either a two seed or at worst a three seed, um, by the end of things. But if they keep playing like that, they won't. So that's going to be the big key. If they can get back to their game, there's no reason why they can't be a two-seed or a three-seed and and have a good opportunity to, to go on a deep run. Well, and the, yeah, the thing so. with it too, Joshy, is people can say, well, we're a round of 32 team. People can say that. But at the same time, you also have to look at it in the fact that we have a roster that is capable of making an Elite Eight. Or making a final four. True. But there are also about eight other teams out there, maybe 10 or 12, that are capable of making a final four run. The only two teams that are head and shoulders better than everybody right now, as we mentioned yesterday, are Purdue and UConn. Those are the only two teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else right now. They're kind of in a class of their own. Now, granted, they have flaws as well. But when you look at everybody beneath them, there are issues on every team there are positives on every team. There's an upside to everything. But you never know what's going to happen in come March. That's why that's why futures bets for March Madness are as ridiculous as they are. Because you really don't know what's going to happen. Now, before we played the game on Saturday, Joshy, we were the fourth best favorite to win the NCAA yeah. tournament. Right now, I think we're the fifth best favorite to win the NCAA tournament. So we're all just going to have to wait and see what happens come March out the door guys uh I found a way uh to make money sports betting Marcus see ya yeah I knew that was coming <laughs> he got you I knew that was coming well, you know what here's what I'm gonna say Joshy boy if you wanted to start fading me you can fade me if you want to that's fine and the rest of you out there if you want to fade me feel free I'm beginning to think I should start fading myself I'm gonna start making picks and I'm gonna do the exact opposite of what I said 
Or Marcus might be rich. Or I might start picking teams I want to lose because when I choose them to win, they lose. So uh, let's see. Houston. Houston basketball, if you play tonight, I want you to win. Um, Let's see. Kentucky basketball, I want you to win. Um, Let's see. Who else? What is happening? Um, The Miami Heat, I want you to win. So we'll we'll just see how all that goes. I put Joshy on the punchable faces list for you. Whoa. I got you, man. You can't I do that to Joshy, boy. I didn't say that. <laughs> you you said it off off air. You were you were signaling <laughs> you to me. You can't do that to Joshy, boy. Jack, how dare you? <laughs> we're going to have a talk after this. Oh, man. <laughs> Trying to get me into a fight with Joshy, boy. Uh, you can put Polish Joe on there, though. <laughs> do we have another call? No, unfortunately, we don't. But that may have okay. triggered one. You never know. Joshy boy, really? You gonna put him on the list? How dare you, Jack? <laughs> Y'all all told me to do it. We did not tell you to do anything. <laughs> the only thing I've told you to do is keep pushing P. Trying to think who's the uh, who's a, a, a basketball coach in the NBA that I would want to punch. Nick Nurse. Yeah. 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 Nick Nurse definitely. Put him on that list. Uh, who else can you put on that Billy list? Billy Donovan. Oh, for sure. He has Florida ties. I mean, he's, oh, he's the best Billy. coach in their history. Sunbelt Billy. How did we forget about him? I'd punch him. That guy looks like he eats a bologna biscuit every day for lunch. I'd punch him right after he took a bite. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, having said that with that conversation with Joshy Boy, what is what is more important to you? An SEC regular season title an SEC tournament title, or getting past the first weekend in the tournament. Because if you get past the first weekend, you're at least giving yourself a shot. Because right now, I've seen an SEC tournament championship. To be honest, that thing does not hold any merit for me whatsoever. Maybe to a team that hasn't won it in forever, or has never won it, but after you win it, honest to God, it felt like the merit of that event, the merit of that conference tournament just went away. So I'm saying just get past the first weekend. Give me at least to the Sweet 16. I won an Elite Eight. I don't – I mean, if you win a national championship, good. I just want a Final Four. That's all I want. Just get me there. Brett. Uh, Man, I just want to win the games. I mean, whether you – you know, I mean, I feel like you want to be riding high going into the tournament. I feel like coming off a loss, you know, you maybe you lose some confidence, especially who you lose to, because um, you might play a similar team. I mean, obviously, people just think about the rest, and you want to do that. But I feel like if even if you play on Sunday, or you, I think you want one of those first two day buys or whatever. I know what do you play like three in a row if you get two buys? I guess something like that. Something like that. I know it's a lot of basketball, but I mean, we did it in Maui, um, but. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind having another, you know, SEC championship. It'd, it'd be cool to have bragging rights and you know prove you're the best basketball program uh, still. Um, and uh, you know, see what happens in March. I mean, you see teams go on huge runs and that catapult them all the way to championship. So I'm I'm for uh, you know <laughs> just winning. <laughs> Marcus, real quick, what you got? <sighs> I'd probably throw in, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell maybe as a punchable face. Oh, uh, God. Sorry. 
<laughs> Why? Uh, it was just the first name that came to my mind. Tell I, me what I, you I, want. You want a Final Four? What do you want? You want an SEC championship? I, I I want a Final Four. I want it all. I want. Well, yeah, I want it all, but I want a Final Four, man. It's we 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 are a team that should be there. We've been we've been a team that should have been there multiple times, and we fall flat because of teams like Purdue or Oklahoma State or you know. FIU or whatever it was, FAU, whichever Florida stupid team it I mean, was. George Mason's been the one, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. We we need to be there, and so I, I want to be there. Jack? Yeah, it's like you said, uh, we've seen the other two. Um, time for the last step. Take us to the promised land. Rick, let's go. That's going to do it for hour number one, hour number two of overtime. Coming up right here, goodness, Whoa. the G.I. Jake show. Goodness. Goodness. <laughs> Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is war damage?